Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another edition of Troy Awakeness Podcast. I'm, as always, I'm your host, Mikhail Ben-Yakov, and in today's episode, I actually have a surprise for you. I haven't done a uh, table talk in a good while, and so um, I thought that um, it'd be a good time to put one of those out. And I know you're probably like, wow, this is like three episodes in like two days, and um, <laughs> I know that's totally unheard of, but... Um, this was something that had really been on me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put this together. And initially when I did, I was going to put it out as a regular episode. But I said, no, I think I'm going to do a table talk because I haven't done a table talk in a while. And so let's just go ahead and jump into this. And so um, as I was laying in my bed this morning, <clears throat> you know, this Shabbat, uh, this thought had just hit me uh, concerning perspectives, you know, and I thought, you know, this would be a good time to do a, a table talk, you know, Um and so as I laid in bed watching TV, I found myself considering the meaning of, of, of this word as well as the, the, the purpose that it was so heavy on my mind, you know. And so I, was, I thought about it and eventually I came to a point where I felt I just needed to get out of the bed and get into my office because I felt that the inspiration was really weighing heavy on me. And so there's been times in the past when uh, something like this would happen. Um, but I never really went beyond the meditation aspect, you know, because I would just lay there and lay there. And so I would get to it. And then eventually, you know, for me procrastinating, the the inspiration will leave. And then when I decide I'm going to get to it, I'm having a hard time trying to remember what it was, you know, what I was going to write, what was on my mind. Like I might remember the topic, but the heart of the 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 talk, it just I, I lost it, you know, and so. Um, it just taught me a lesson. So since then, um, I've learned that when I feel inspiration hit me, that I need to get up, go into my office and begin to put together what I felt that um, I was being given. <clears throat> now, before I even get into this, I want to take the time to lay down a scriptural foundation, you know what I'm saying, for what we're about to get into. So I want to look at Genesis 12, chapter 8. So just kind of bear with me because I'm trying to pull this up on my computer. Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse 8. And it reads, um, he left that place, went to the hill east of Beit El and pitched his tent with Beit, um, with Beit El to the east and Ai to the west. He built an altar and there he built an altar there and there he invoked the name of Jehovah. Okay, so keep in mind he invoked the name of Jehovah, and then we're gonna go to thirteen and four of the same chap, the same book. Thirteen and four says, when he had first built the altar, and there Abraham, um, there Avram called on the name of Jehovah. Okay, um, then we're going to go to Genesis twenty six and twenty five. Genesis twenty six verse twenty five, and it says. There he built an altar and called on the name of Jehovah. He pitched his tent there, and there Yishak, servant, dug a well. Okay, um, let me see. Then we're going to go to 1 Kings 18 and 24. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to get through this. 1 Kings 18. What did I say? 24? Yeah, 18 and 24. And it says, um, Then you... Call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of Jehovah, and the God who answers with fire, let him be God. And all the people answered, good idea, agreed. Okay, so then we're going to look at Psalms 116 and 4. Uh, 
Okay. Um, let's see. Psalms one sixteen. Thank God for modern technology. Uh, one sixteen and four, and it reads, "But I called on the name of Jehovah. Please, Jehovah, save me." Um. Then we're gonna go to Second Kings five eleven. Second Kings chapter five verse eleven, and it reads, "But Naaman became angry." And left saying, here now, I thought for certain that he will come out personally and that he would stand and call on the name of Jehovah, his God, and will wave his hand over the diseased place and thus heal the person with Sada'at. Okay, um, then we're going to go to Psalms. Let me see. Did we do Psalms 116? Once it, okay, this is Psalms 116 and 14. So... Uh, Psalms back to 116 again. I should probably should have wrote these down in order. Uh, what did I say? Psalms 16 and 14. Um, wait a minute, is that right? 116 13. And it says, I will raise the cup of salvation and call on the name of Jehovah. Um, then we're going to go to Isaiah 65 and 1. We're almost done. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. I made myself accessible to those who didn't ask for me. I let myself be found by those who didn't seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation not called by my name. Um. Then we're going to do Zephaniah 3 and 9. Zephaniah 3, verse 9. <clears throat> and it says, for I would... Change the people so that they will have pure lips to call on the name of Jehovah, all of them, and serve him with one accord. And then we're going to go back to Genesis 4 and 26, and that'll be the last one. So Genesis chapter 4, and that'll be verse 26. And it reads, Teshet to was born a son whom he called Enosh. This was this is when the people began to call on the name of Jehovah. So by now you probably see that the theme is calling on the name of Jehovah. And so as we're getting into this, um, the reason I wanted to lay lay out these verses is because they all have one thing in common. They all deal with the name, not the title, but the name of Jehovah being invoked by the people. And so there the people understood back then that, that there was a power in his name um let's let's jump to proverbs 18 and 10 right quick um and that should be the last one proverbs 18 and 10 and it says the name of jehovah is a strong tower a righteous person runs to it and is raised high so the people understood that there was power in that name so long before uh yeshua had come the name jehovah was invoked by the people and not just by the priest, but all of the people, you know, um, the name of Jehovah was used to bless the people. It was used in oaths, you know, the name was, and it was revered by everyone. And so, um, the concept was well understood by the Hebrew people. And when they were assembled before him, you know, if you remember back in Mount Sinai, uh, he revealed himself to them by name, you know, and he revealed himself to the entire community. And so in those days, all the nations, you know, had their own gods and their gods had their names. They knew the names of the God, you know, and 
these people would invoke their their God by name um, when they were bringing their petitions before their gods. And so, you know, they they both bless their they both bless people and they curse people in the names of their gods. And so this was a very common practice in that time. And so for this reason, Jehovah wanted his people to know his name, to know him by name and then to invoke his name in the same manner that the other nations invoke their gods. OK, and so names are, are personal. I've talked about that before. Um, they are connected to your identity. And so in, in a crowd of people walking by, if there was a person in the midst of the crowd that you wanted to get, you know, get their attention, um, it would be important for you to know the person's name, first of all, because in calling the name, although most of the people in the crowd might look to see who you're calling, the person you know, that the name belonged to, he would respond because you're calling him by name. And so in calling on the name of Jehovah, you're letting those who serve other gods know that you're calling on the true and living God, not some false God, not some pagan deity. And so there's something about the name of Jehovah. And I can't help but to think about, you know, in number six, when Jehovah gives Moses the prayer that he wanted to have him teach Aaron and his sons to bless his people. He made it a point to say, you know, this is how you're supposed to bless my people, you know, and his name is being invoked upon the people. And so anything that the name of Jehovah is placed on is blessed. And so for this reason, he wanted his name to be placed on his people, you know, that he might bless them in his name. And so the concept is extended even to the holy city. We think about it, uh, the spot where Jehovah had invoked his name in the same you know it's the same place where the ark of the covenant was placed and it's the same place that the temple was eventually built you know that housed the ark of the covenant and so this same place is where all the sacrifices were to be done you know because his name was there and so the command was you do the sacrifices in the place where i placed my name you know because there's something about his name whether it's something is being placed on his name or his name is being placed on something so even to this day with the temple being in ruins, the plot of ground where the temple used to stand is still very much blessed. And so for this reason, I believe the Muslims hold on tightly to that place, you know, refusing to allow either Jew or Christian access to it because they realize that the place is blessed. And so they don't want the Christians and the Jews to be blessed or receive the blessings from being in that particular place. So they're they they keep it on tight, tight guard. You know, they, they're watching people there, you know. And so on the flip side, because the Arabs or the Muslims worship a strange God, the blessings of Jehovah, although they're on the place where his name is at, they're, they're denied those blessings, even though they control that plot of ground at this time. And so it was my point, you know, this was the so so some the, I guess the question would be asked is, you know, I, I guess you're wondering, what's my point? You know, where am I going with this topic? And so. Um, I was just considering as I was laying in my bed, how we have become so comfortable in invoking our God by titles as opposed to his name. Um, the, the name of God is very seldom used in church services today. Um, I know I, when I, when I think back on my life and the various churches that I've been in, I've sat in countless services over the years, and I can attest to the fact that there were only a few times that I can recall the name of the Lord being invoked in the entire service. You know what I'm saying? However, 
the name of Yeshua or Jesus is called countless times. Now, am I saying that that's a bad thing? No, don't miss Don't miss misunderstand what I'm saying. The name of Yeshua is very important to us. You know what I'm saying? In fact, it's the only name. It's, it's his name. That it, His is the only name where we can find salvation. So it's very important. Um, you know, it's in his name that we bring our petitions before Yehovah. So his name is fundamental. But because we don't fully understand the Bible the way we need to, this is pretty much all that we know. Now, don't get me wrong. Using his name brings um, great blessings, but we weren't taught. How can I say that? We, But we were taught, you know, what we were taught was that um, his coming to earth, you know, being born of a woman, living a sinless life and being crucified leading up to his resurrection was to restore what was lost due to the sin in the garden you know what i'm saying so we understand that but we have totally omitted the purpose of you know uh, you know the real purpose the true purpose and so due to what took place in the garden our relationship with god was severed and although he eventually established his own people for the purpose of bringing mankind back to a place of right standing with him Having given them the Torah, you know, to and this was given to Israel, his people, and then establishing a covenant relationship with them that would ultimately be the glue that would solidify the relationship between them being his people and him being their God. You know, they still fell short. You know, in fact, while Moses was still on um, Mount Sinai speaking with God and receiving the Torah, the people began to worship idols, you know what I'm saying? Right there. Moses wasn't even gone a good month. And so he established a temporary fix by way of animal sacrifice until such a time that Yeshua would come and end the sacrifices, at least the sin sacrifices. And so in the meantime, when the people waited for him, they were given the right to invoke Yehovah by name. And so through their calling on his name, great deliverances deliverances were granted to the people you know so they constantly called on his name and Jehovah moved and so there are verses um these are some these are the verses that I was basically reading in the beginning just to name a few but there are so many more you know that we find where the name of the Lord is being called where the name not the title is being called on and so the point was really to give you a foundation for where I was going to go with this and so the overall point is this Yeshua came to basically bridge the gap between us and the father. And in doing so, understanding that um, that Yehovah is the father, I believe that there is an order to our prayers that we need to understand. And what I mean is that when we pray to God, yes, we should make our petitions in the name of his son, Yeshua. But at the same time, because we are praying to him, which was the way. It was intended to be we need to invoke him by name, not title, because this is what moves him. And when we invoke his name, things begin to shift in the heavenly realm. And then when we seal the prayer in his son, Yeshua's name, upon seeing Yeshua in us, this causes him to move even the more. You know what I'm saying? Because he's recognizing his son in us, the presence of his son in us. And so am I saying that because we are not doing doing it this way? Um, how am I trying to say this? 
am I saying that because we were not doing this before that our blessings may have been hindered or maybe our prayers may have been ignored? No, I'm definitely not saying that. But Jehovah deals with us in a level that is conducive to where we are in him as it relates to our understanding. And so this would be an example of what grace is in action. Now, now, and so now that we have a better understanding, I believe that we need to actually focus on fixing this. And so from this point on, the excuse of praying out of ignorance is pretty much out. And anything we do after this point, we do in full knowledge of, you know, the manner, you know, you know, in the manner that we pray. Uh, Yeshua himself invoked the father by name. And although we don't find in the scriptures where he called on the name, you know, in the text, one might have to ask, you know, well, why, you know, why did he stop calling the name? Why is the name left out? You know, what what's going on? Um, in fact, when you think about it, there's nowhere in the entire New Testament where we find the name of Jehovah being being used. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so clearly something happened to cause the name to suddenly be omitted from the entire text. I mean, there's nowhere and I've looked nowhere in the New Testament where you find the name of God. Um, and so as we read the book of Chronicles, we find that the name is still was still in use at that time. However, from the last verse of Second Chronicles until the beginning of the first book of the gospel being um, Matthew, we find that there was a 400 year span of silence. And so during this time, there was no prophet. There was no word from Jehovah being spoken to anyone. And so we find that in the first and second book of Maccabees, and this is, you know, this is not in the, the traditional Bible, but you could find this in the Catholic Bible. And there's other Bibles where you find this. But during the time, you know, this was written during the time that the Greeks had begun to occupy Judah. And during that time, the name was no longer found in the text. And so whatever changed had to have happened during this point, during this time, between this 400 year span where um, the, you know, where, where um, there were, there was no prophet, there was no word from Jehovah. And so according to history, there were points where some of those who occupied Judah forbade them from using the name Jehovah. They were like, you can't even speak this name. In fact, this is evidence in how during the time of Hanukkah, which commemorates the defeat of the Greeks spoken about in the book of Maccabees, um, the Jews had created this game called Dreidos in which actually still play today during Hanukkah. And it was through this game that they still use the name of Jehovah and they taught Torah and all this kind of stuff. And so you could check, I guess you, you could look at some of my um my um episodes on Hanukkah to get more info on that. You know, I'm so saying I don't really want to too much get into that. But my point here is that, you know, just laying out the um my point here is just really, I guess, to lay out the possible whys as to the reason the name is was no longer in use in the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? And 
because it's not used in the New Testament. We as Western believers, we as Gentiles, because we don't see it, you know, and we see it as just Lord and God. We tend to use that. But there was a reason. And that was because at some point the name was forbidden. It was not allowed to be used. And what I understand, even when the Romans had occupied Jerusalem, they also for they, they thought about the Greeks. and They're like, yo, the Greeks didn't allow them to use the name. We're not going to allow them to use the name either. And so I believe that could be possibly why in the writings. In all the New Testament, you don't see that because the scope of the New Testament was all written during the time that the Romans were still occupying um, Jerusalem. So ultimately, I believe that just as calling on the name of Jehovah back then was a source of power and even a strong tower for the righteous to run to and be safe, as the book of Proverbs says, the same applies to this day. And I'll even submit this. The Jews in Israel who still don't believe that Yeshua was the Messiah and that he has already come and gone. Um, when looking at many of the things that have happened to them since the time that they became a nation again back in the 40s, all while not knowing that Yeshua was the Messiah and not praying in his name, I wholeheartedly believe that they called on the name of Yehovah still and he became their strong tower just as he did back in the days of old. And then um, go and read up on the events of the Six Day War, for example, or the uh, Yom Kippur War and check out some of the things that went on. The battle was those, those battles, to name a few, were miracles within themselves. Um, and I remember as I, I was watching a documentary on some of those battles and there were testimonies from some of the Arabs that were fighting against them. And they were talking about how it was supernatural things that were happening. You know, um, they were experiencing some wild things that, you know, in the in the process of them trying to destroy Israel. And they're seeing like I remember there was one particular story where a guy was saying that um, they were driving up on, on a hill and they saw Israel's few tanks left. And they're like, we could blow them up. And as they got there, they were saying they saw a, uh, I think he said the guy said he saw a hand from heaven or something like there were some angels you know, shaking hand, like, don't even try. And they're seeing it and they're freaking out like, oh, my God, are these angels? And their minds were blown because they're like, what are we seeing? And so they surrendered. And on the other side where the Jews were at, they were trying to figure out, oh, my God, they had us. I thought they were going to kill us. But for some reason, they surrendered and they're trying to figure out what happened. So when they asked them, they told them, listen, you try to shoot some people when you see angels standing on standing between you and them telling you not to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, wow. But. All the while this was going on, they had no idea who Yeshua was, but they're still invoking Jehovah by name. And I believe because they're invoking his name, he is coming to their um, their defense because it says call him in the time of trouble. You know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what they were doing. So in the Old Testament scriptures, the only name they had was Jehovah. OK, so I just wanted to kind of um, to to really uh, um, clarify that. And so. I guess um, where, where am I trying to go with this? Not, I'm not merely trying to point out that that there is. Um, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to make is that there is there the name of Jehovah is very much relevant as it was back then. You know, invoking His name in prayer. We need to get back in or get into doing that. You know, what I'm saying we just. Um, I think when we in when we pray in Yeshua's name, we have more assurity that 
Yehovah is going to move on our behalf again, like I said, because he sees our he sees his son in us. You know what I'm saying? And so we need to just as the Jews invoke the name, we need to get into invoking the name, um, his name. Um, because as I said, he when he sees his son in us, that's his motivation to to move on on, on his behalf to because his son is glorified when he does that, you know. And I guess as I was thinking about this, I was just really focused on how um, you know everything is in Yeshua's name. But again, you know Yeshua's overall focus was to bring us back to the Father, and so. In him bringing us back into right standing with the Father, that means invoking the name of God. When we're praying, we're calling on his name. We're just praying. When we're invoking his name, we're invoking his name in the name of his son because we have a relationship with his son. And so when he hears that and he sees his son in us, he's moving because he sees his son in us as we're invoking his name. So it's almost like hearing his son invoke his name. So I guess the whole point of it is that we need to get to the point that we stop calling on his title and calling on his name because there's power in his name. There's, you know, there, there, there's activity in his name. There's relevance to his name. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter if you believe his name is Yahweh, if you call him Jehovah, whatever the case might be, you know, if you're invoking him by the name that you know him, that you understand him as, I believe there's power in that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to make it seem like the name police where you have to call him Yehovah because I call him Yehovah. That's how I read it when I read the Hebrew. But if you read it and you understand it's being Yahweh, all the same, call on his name. When you're praying, invoke his name. When you swear, swear in his name. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then seal it in the name of Yeshua, if that makes sense. So that's pretty much the gist of what I, you know, the thought that I had this morning. But I, like I said, I was just thinking about perspectives because, you know, we have one perspective that everything is about Yeshua. And and it is. It is. Don't, I, I, and I have to keep saying this. I don't want you to think that I'm taking anything away from Yeshua because, again, salvation comes through Yeshua. We can't have anything without Yeshua. He's fundamental. He's the foundation. But at the same time, his overall goal was to bring us back to the father. And so within bringing us back to the father, you know what I'm saying? We need to get to the point that we know the father. We know the father's name and we're speaking to the father. We're calling his name. We're referencing his name, not his title, but his name. We need to know the difference between a title and a name. And that's pretty much all I got for you guys. And so, like I said, I wanted to do a quick table talk right quick. Um, Shabbat is about over, so I'm about to go and take off and do some family stuff, you know, we're about to have our movie night, but I really wanted to put this out and just, you know, do something different. So I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I will see you guys again next week. Yehovah willing. Yevarecha Yehovah vayishmarecha. Yeher Yehovah panavalecha vinicha. Yesah Yehovah panavalecha vyesimlecha. Shalom.